Welcome to Season 2 of the Practicing Presence Podcast, where spiritual formation is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners? What's up, friends? How we doing? Um, we're, we're trying a, a new whiskey from Crowded Barrel, and so Cullen is very interested in the bottle. It is the Austin 101 only available to Patreon members in the distillery. Well, as I mean, now I think it's well, open. If maybe you it's go. open to everyone, but um, because the I first week, yeah, that's well, true. I was there two weeks ago, and it was it's the first week, yeah, so the yeah, first it's open week, to anybody now. Um, true. Um, so yeah, great, great whiskey. Um, it was aged in a peated malt barrel. Yeah, so that's the heather thing that I never yeah, mind. Different yeah, yeah, off-camera yeah. conversation. Um, but we are wanting to wrap up our conversation of Visio Divina that transitions so well into this thing that Cullen is, has been thinking about and wanting to do for a hot minute. Yeah. I've kind of dreamed it up. I don't, I mean, I mean, not really, but I don't, I don't think anybody's painting the full picture that I want to paint, but I've been thinking about I've been thinking about it for a hot minute. The book that is kind of my source, I bought that book in the summer of 2020. Mm. So I bought it two, almost two and a half years ago. During during lockdown, like mid-lockdown. Um, if it was summer of 20. Yeah, it was like, I bought that book... Like June or July of 2020. Yeah. So your creative juices were flowing because you had nothing else to focus on. Well, I was also interim pastoring a church at the time. Yeah. And I was going to school full time. And my mind was 100% given over to creating content. Mm -hmm. And like me, the communicator, I'm obviously preaching most of that content but i was also preaching three times a week um and so like me being a pastor and communicator like i naturally think about that as sacred and divine but it also requires so much of my own creativity and my own view on the world and the way in which i read texts and tell stories that it's like a creative process and journey, right? I mean, like, I start every sermon on a storyboard. Um, yeah. It is very much so a creative process for me. And so, yeah, it sparked this idea of divine creativity, which we're going to talk more about and what I mean by that term. But, yeah, I've been thinking about it for a hot minute, um, about two years, and it's a natural flow out of Visio Divina. It is. Well, in the way that we've been talking about Visio Divina as like <sighs> divine vision, looking as God, looking at things as the way that we believe God would look at things. Yeah. Right? Divine vision, seeing divinely. Um, you have to be able to see to create. Correct? Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Conceptually, you have to see. 
Yeah, you right. have to be able to envision. Yes, envision. There you go. Um, you have to be able to picture it before you in order to make it. Correct. You have to see the thing. You can be a blind person and still create beauty. Uh, have I talked about the Patch Adams thing and this Vizio Davina thing yet? I don't think so. Uh, you ever seen that movie, Patch Adams, Robin Williams? Um, Give me a plot line. Uh, so I'm not a movie person. You I know, know you're not. But it's a very popular movie. Although, to be fair, I hadn't seen it until a few weeks ago. It's a fantastic movie. One of Robin Williams' like classics. Um, so this is it's based on a true story. A real a real guy named Patch Adams who was so depressed and wanted to kill himself. He checked himself into a um, mental ward, like a a psychiatric hospital, and. Inside, he realized that the care he was getting was Jack because he was um, looked at as, like, problem first, like we were talking about yesterday. He was looked at problem first. Um, and um, it, he ended up looking at the person first and, like, creating joy in their lives, making them laugh and realizing that that actually helped their issues more. Was just bringing in joy. Mm. That's a rule for life, friends. Correct. So that's why I, I threw that in there. And then he goes on to be a doctor. Yeah. Okay. He, he leaves the the hospital and he goes to to med school. Super like super non traditional student, right? But he goes to med school and just does fantastic and creates this like nonprofit thing where it's all human first and trying to bring joy. It's very awesome. It's a, this is a real thing. Like this thing actually exists in the world, but Robin Williams tells that story. But in this story, he, this is a thing that like kind of persists. It's a smaller element of the movie, but it kind of persists through the movie. Starting in the psychiatric hospital, he meets this guy who was so successful, just so brilliant that he loses his own mind. He loses his mind? Mm-hmm. The brilliant guy? Yeah. He's okay. just so brilliant and so full of, like, ideas and start... Essentially, like... All too much learning has driven you insane. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is what's happened. Okay. Um, or at least what they believe has happened. Okay. Um, he's walking around... His thing is, he shows up, he picks up four fingers. And his thing is, this is, this is the thing he's trying to get everyone to see. He asks, how many do you see? How many fingers do you see? Everyone answers as four. But before Robin Williams realizes, or Patch Adams, Robin Williams in the movie, realizes that... Um, there's got to be something more to this because he gets mad every time that somebody says there's four fingers. Like, there is only four fingers on your hand. He takes that a step further and says, what are you seeing that I don't see? And this man says, look beyond the problem. You're looking at what is here. You're not looking at what is in between. So if you unfocus your eyes, 
when you look at these four fingers and look beyond it, focus on the thing in the in the distance, you see eight. If you are looking at the four fingers, when somebody asks you how many, because you're, you're looking prefer- at the problem, yeah, because you're. Because the far side versus the near side, when you look beyond it, it's going to double. Correct. Yeah. That is the greatest thing that I can come up with to talk about what we mean when you and I have been having a conversation about Visio Divina. Yeah, it's Looking like, beyond the problem. It's like seeing the full picture. Seeing all of it. Not not just what's most right in front of you, right? Correct. I can I can put my hand in front of my face... And look and really just be like, yeah, that's a hand and my view is really obstructed, but I can still see the beauty of my trees and grass and the birds move beyond my hand. There is things beyond what we can see. I Hmm. Isaiah 55, 8, 9. Yeah. Like, you know, this is, this is fair. And this is how I think it should be talked about. Correct. Um, this is how I sh- think it should be talked about is that there's a picture larger than what you see. And the way that I talk about this is, you know, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but like Bruce Almighty, you ever seen that movie where he's just Love like, where he's just like, uh, he, so he's overwhelmed with all the prayers, right? Cause they're in his head. He makes some post-it notes. <laughs> and so he makes some post-it notes and then they become a problem because it's too many damn post-it notes. Uh-huh. So then he comes up with email yeah. and he turns them all into emails, but there's so many that he just cannot get a handle on them. Do you remember what he does? Uh, he just like accepts all of them, right? He like, accepts all of them and replies yes. Yes. To all of them. Yeah. He gets every single person yeah. their prayer. Do you remember what happens? Oh, the world turns to a mess the world goes on fire yeah because everyone feels cheated the main metaphor that's doing this the thing that started the riot do you remember what it is uh-uh. a whole bunch of people won the lottery oh and yeah. everyone only got 17 dollars <laughs> yeah and so they thought they'd been scammed yeah and decided to try to turn the world upside down yeah that's right i do remember that's wild Sometimes seeing the bigger picture is also understanding that God does see the bigger picture Mm. and he can't always give you a yes. Yeah. Um, That. Yeah, God can't always give you a yes. The world has to work in perfect balance. Yeah. Um, And Visio Divina is part of finding that balance because without viewing the world through beauty, divine beauty, yeah, one of a couple of things can happen, right? I mean, this is why this is one of the reasons I stopped watching television and I refuse to watch the news, and that's why I read it all. Is because nothing but the bad things that happen in the world. Your mind's not designed to be able to process all of that bad trauma that fast. Yeah. It desensitizes us. Um, yeah, if you don't ever see the beauty in the world, you'll become a very terrible human being. Yeah, you'll absolutely. be miserable. Um, but the other thing is, if you never see the beauty in the world, you never get the joy of the world. Yeah. Um, which, which ends up meaning, like, kind of transitioning into this new series, though. Like, if you can't see the beauty, how can you create beauty? Yeah, it's true. You know, 
they say this for any art form. Um, which, by the way, I, I want to have a separate conversation here. Make sure, like, we're we're talking about the same thing. Like, totally understand that, like, people who are not able to physically see can also still see beauty. Ray Charles, one of the greatest, like, not Ray Charles, um, the the blind um, pianist guy, big and blue scene. You know what I'm talking about? That is Ray Charles. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Ray Charles. Man created beautiful things without being able to see. So well, like, Beethoven's also deaf. Oh, yeah. Heard that, too. So, like, it, like your senses do not define your ability right. to create beauty. This is, this is not an ableistic conversation. No, I, I just wanted to go yeah. ahead and set that as a standard. Yeah, not at all. Like, yeah. if you're impaired in any way, like, yeah. you are still able to create and create yeah, beautiful things. For sure. Before that interjection, you asked me a question. Do you mm. remember what it was? I do not. I, I apologize. I don't either. Divine creativity. It's this strange... Th oh, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. I don't remember what your question was, but I remember what I was going to say. Is I say this about any art form, and I... Or they say this about any art form. And I consider myself an artist. Mm -hmm. Communication is an art form. Um, writing is an art form. And so I consider myself an artist and a creative. And what they say about creating beauty, that was your question, mm -hmm. is how do you create beauty if you can't envision it? Yeah, You can't. Correct. And so what they tell you is if you want to get better at your craft, there's only two things you can do. Do it. Do your craft um, and appreciate people's work who are better than you. You know what they told me when, when I told somebody that I wanted to be an author and I wanted to write? You know what they told me to do? Go read good authors. Yeah. Just read good prose. Because um, you can't, it's, it's very rare that someone can, let me rephrase, you can't create what you can't envision. And if you want to create good content, mm. you have to consume. You have to have consumed and appreciated good content. So we've been sipping this whiskey this whole time. I think this is a great metaphor for what you're talking about. Well, that, yeah, right? Is it not? Because to be able to taste the individual, like minute things that are happening in there, you have to have experienced it already. Yeah, I if think you don't you have. If your mind doesn't have a reference point for a tasting note, it can't pick it up. Correct. It can identify it. Correct. But it can't name it. Mm -hmm. And you can go, oh, that's a flavor I've never tasted. But it gets masked in so many other things. That, like, you're you unlikely going to be able to taste it. You're going to go, oh, that's strange. Mm -hmm. um, but it's unlikely that you'll be able to even pick it up. Correct. You're the one that first told me this, I think. And I've just kind of adopted it. If you want to taste good whiskey and appreciate good whiskey, just eat more flavors. Yeah. Try, try new, new flavors. Um, because it is an art form. And this is, this is one of the reasons I love whiskey. You know, I, I think I, of all of the ways in which I drink alcohol, I think whiskey is my favorite. Um, and I will never forget this. This is, you know, this is also a great wrap up for, you know, divine eyes and seeing the full picture. I was at my friend Jake Porter's house. Shout out. Um, and Jake and I love to drink whiskey together. And I brought over the Crowded Barrel Bush Rye. Oh, okay. Ooh, yum. Um, 
And if you remember, it's distilled in Poland. And then it's aged over here. Yeah, they sourced that one. They sourced it. And it's a real interesting creation. And I like it. There's still some over there. Um, anyways, the Bush Rye, we're sitting there and we're drinking it. And I there's this flavor in it that is like jumping out at me, but I cannot name it. I can identify it and I know exactly what it is. It's such a unique flavor. And I know I've had it before but I cannot name it because it is so rare. And the only thing my mind can come up with was how to communicate what that flavor was is I looked at Jake Porter across the table and I said, hey, Google what the most common cooking spice is in Poland. And he goes, okay. He Googles it and he goes, oh my God. And I was like, what? And he goes, it's the flavor in the whiskey. It's dill. And I was like, it's dill. It's absolutely dill. There's dill in the bush rye? It is one of the most prominent flavors in that rye. I have to try this again. And You've tried it before. I know, but I yeah. have to try it again. Okay, we'll try it off camera. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh. That is... That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Is like... Sometimes you don't see it unless you just shut up and listen to other people too. Yep. Seeing beauty is also listening. It's hearing. It is being able to take a step back and let other people speak into a situation to help you find the, th the beauty beyond the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like there, there's that element God, which if you can't see the beauty in the problem, how can you create beauty in problems in times? Well, so this is another thing, and we'll talk about this on Divine Creativity. It's going to be one of the episodes on there. I'm going to dedicate to it. I haven't finished mapping it out yet because I still don't feel like I have my thoughts completely formed about it all, but I need to start having some conversations and get some more feedback. Um, but one of the things we're going to talk about is the ways in which some of the most beautiful art has come out of the most tragic experiences. Mm. So one of my common examples of this is Frida Kahlo. Mm. Why would she be an example of some of the most beautiful things coming out of such tragedy? Because her self, her art is like ninety percent self portraits. Because she was paralyzed and lived in a bed her entire life, and had a mirror put on the ceiling so that she could paint herself. Yeah, it's beautiful trauma. Like some of the most beautiful works of art have come out of the most traumatic experiences. Um. Part of seeing beauty in the world and living with Visio Divina is waking up each day and making the choice to say, I'm going to view the world searching, seeking, longing to see beauty. Visio Divina is not something you're going to walk outside and naturally see. Yeah. You're going to walk outside and say it's hot. You're going to walk outside and turn the corner and see the dumpster of trash. On the way to your car, you're going to step in dog shit. 
it's not easy to look at the world through divine vision. It's a choice that we make. Mm. And it's a choice that we make to look around and see the beauty in the world and the creativity of each person that it took to make that beauty, to create that beauty. And perhaps it's the goal slash journey of the human to create that. As a precursor, Clayton, will you go grab that book for me that's sitting right there? As a teaser, before we go on our Divine Creativity series, let me read you something. from this book. The author of this book asked this question. What if the arts and creativity are designed to play a key role in the maturing of Christ's bride? What if we need them in the church? Might I ask it another way? What if we need divine vision what if we need visio divina for the maturing of the church what if we need divine vision for spiritual formation because you know what it's real hard for me to look around and have any hope for a good god if all i see is tragedy Hmm. you have to be able to look at beauty in the world in order to progress perhaps visio divina and divine creativity are essentials of our faith and not secondary or anecdotal. Thanks for listening to the Practicing Presence podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.